So this morning, um, as I was getting ready to pray and, and come here uh, this morning, I um, just felt really prompted of the Lord to read something that um, I had gotten in the mail, and in an email several days ago, and I printed it, and I just thought, you know, I'll, I'll read that later over the weekend or something like that, and I just felt so moved this morning to sit down at my dining room table and read it and focus on it. And when I did, I just kind of leapt inside because it fit what we're talking about today so beautifully, but it expanded. It, it was, it's the bonus. You're getting the bonus. So um, I actually want to start by sharing it with you. So it's not going to be in your notes. Uh, you'll have to write on an additional piece of paper, or you can't even write in your Bible. It's okay. Um, there may be an extra page in there. But I want to take you, because this is the reason we've been doing this whole series. This, to me, sums up why you've been coming these last um, several weeks to this class. So if, I, if you've got your Bible or your phone or whatever with you, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Um, and I'm going to read from verse 17 down to 21, but I actually want to hone in on uh, one particular verse, which is verse 19. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We've talked about that, right? Those are two of his names. That he would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Anybody receive a gift last week? Anybody receive a gift while we were praying for people last week? One, two people received a gift. Okay, all right, good. Some of you I know received a gift because I prayed for you and I saw you receive it. Okay. Um, Give you the gift of spirit and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Why? Why? In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and that his incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is the same um, as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So Paul prays for believers um, that are gathered there in Ephesus, and we could pray this exact same prayer for our own family members, for our neighbors, um, for ourselves, but this is basically what his prayer contains. He says, first of all, he's praying that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would help us to know him better. Who's him? The Lord. That's right. So it would help us to know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the whole of who he is, to know him better. That's why you come to Grace Women. That's why you go to church. That's why you're involved in Bible study, because you have a hunger to know him better. 
Then he's also, then he also prays that we would have understanding, that we would gain a revelation to see what we're called to do, what our inheritance is, what it is that we're to be about. In other words, he's praying that our hearts are the inside, the inward eye of our being would be opened so that we would see who we really are and understand who we really are. And then he says that he prays that we would be enlightened, that we would have greater understanding that we would comprehend, that we would understand the power that is within us, the power that has been breathed into us and the power that is available to us, that we would have a greater comprehension that there is a power within us that is equivalent to the power that resurrected Christ from the dead, that caused him to be lifted up out of the dominion of darkness, and that made him rise again and ascend to the throne of the Father. That that power that was at work in the fullness of the resurrection and ascension of Christ is now a power that we would comprehend that it is a power that dwells within us. And that is what this whole four weeks has been about, is that we would have a greater comprehension of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that lives within us and who wants to breathe out of us into a world that does not know him. I want to just break down for you just one, for just a second, I want you to break down, I want to break down these words, incomparable great power. So some of you might have a a New King James Version, and it says um, exceeding greatness, that we would comprehend the exceeding greatness of his power. So in the the Greek, um, the word exceeding or incomparable, where they're getting the word incomparable, is actually two words that have been, that are joined together. The first word is H-U-P-E-R, hooper. And it means, and I loved this, um, it's, the definition of it is above and beyond, love those frat phrase, above and beyond, see it's scriptural, so you should like it, above and beyond what we normally comprehend. And then the other word is ballo, a, uh, B-A-L-L-O, and it reflects um, the concept of an archer who pulls back the bow with such strength and such force that when the arrow is released... The arrow surpasses and eclipses the target. It's, there's so much power in that arrow that it surpasses what the target was. And then the word great is mega, M-E-G-A. And it means boundless, immense, limitless, vast, beyond human measurement. Beyond human measurement. And then the word power is deutimus. And deutimus, we know we get our word dynamite from that, but this is what it really depicts, the word, what, the, what the illustration of the word is. It's like a military force who, whose combined strength enables them to achieve unrivaled, uh, uh, unrivaled victories. Unrivaled victories. So Paul, in this scripture, is adding together powerful word after powerful word after powerful word. He's piling up images to his listener to say, listen, 
You need to comprehend. I am praying that you will comprehend, meaning it will come alive to you. It won't be something that you just that you just heard, but it'll be something that you know so intimately, so fully, so completely that it will you will walk out of it. It will be so applicable to your life because you fully comprehend it. He wants us to comprehend that the spirit that was breathed into us when we became a believer in Jesus Christ and then the spirit of God that Jesus baptizes us into. We talked about the baptism with the Holy Spirit last week that when we are saturated and we are soaked with the Holy Spirit, there is a power within us that is irresistible. There is a power so mighty that it cannot be measured and it is impossible to defeat it. But the key to it flowing is you have to believe it. You have to believe it. It can't be something that you've heard about. It can't be something that you just, you sing it in a song. You, it, it has to be what you believe is who you are. You act out what you believe. I believe that there's power in tithing, so I tithe. I believe that there's power in being hydrated and it'll keep me from being sick, so I drink water. If I didn't really believe it, I wouldn't be it. It wouldn't identify my life. So Paul is praying that we would so understand that we would walk in this belief system that an irresistible force lives and dwells within us. That's amazing. That is amazing. So do you believe it? See, I think what happens in our life... um, I told Julie I was going to do something and I'm not going to do it at the end. I believe what happens in our life is this. We arrive on the scene like a balloon. Okay? We, um, this is our life. We're born. And over time, you know, our, and we talked about this the very first week. When we're born, our body is alive and our soul is alive. Our will, our emotions, um, all our mind, that's all operating. But it's not until we come to the Lord that we're full and complete. And that's when our spirit comes alive, right? So we talked about that. Now, this is the image that I got driving here this morning. Thank you, Pastor Scott, for grabbing this balloon for me. Um, he must have wondered when I called in this morning and said, do you have a balloon pump and two balloons? Um, um, so I believe this is what happens. We come to the Lord and we get saved. Something happens and we come alive. We come alive. Then we learn about the Holy Spirit and a new breath comes into us. And then we have to keep being baptized with the spirit. We keep getting filled and filled and we worship and we learn about God and we become, do you see me becoming? We become, we have this strength, this power, this irresistible force that's being pumped into us on a regular basis. But you know what? It doesn't do any good if we still are, if we still see ourselves like this. We have to see ourselves like this. Becoming more and more and more and more and more and more like Christ Jesus. Able to overcome things through the power of the Spirit. And then we share it and we deposit it into this world. But the key is you have to.
to believe it. There's a whole bunch of people walking around believing in Jesus, but not believing in the resurrection power that lives and dwells within them. That's the statement I wanted to make. Okay, so one of the ways that the Holy Spirit empowers us is by interjecting gifts, miraculous gifts, into our lives. So there are three... Um, gifts can get very, spiritual gifts can get very confusing, but I'm going to give you a real simple thing on spiritual gifts. First of all, the God, the father gives us motivational gifts. When we're created, um, I'm going to let you read some of these scriptures that are in your notes on your own. Cause they're really long. Um, when we are created father, God, um, he, he deposits within us certain motivational gifts. We are wired a certain way. We are motivated to be a certain kind of person. And um, those get developed and drawn out of us as we grow up. Your family and your friends know what your motivational gifts are because they will say to you, you know, you're always so, you know, you're, you're so hospitable, you're so organized, you're so... And, they, they see those giftings and they don't change. They're for a lifetime. So I grew up, I grew up, I had the, I had the gift of strategy in me from the time I was three. I used to organize my, I wanted my yellows together, my whites together, you know, and I still, my closet is still that way. It, you know, I can't help myself because it was deposited within me. To, if I'm motivated to be organized and strategic and all that kind of stuff, it's just, it's just who I am. Um, and you've got gifts like that too. So we're shaped at birth with our motivational gifts. And like I said, they're for a lifetime. Then there are ministry gifts that are appointed to us by Christ. And those gifts are for seasons of time. They're not our lifetime. You may be placed in a ministry office, um, to prepare God's people for the works of service, so that the body of Christ might be built up, you may be given an assignment um, for a certain period of time. And then over another period of time, that changes. I had a pastoral, an office. I was in the office assigned by Christ, the ministry gift, the pastoral ministry gift for a season of my life. That gift is now, it's that office has now changed. I'm in a different office. My, my gift of teaching is, is actually being, it's being tapped more than it was while I was pastoring. It's kind of interesting. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm in another season. So there's a new office that I'm, that I'm occupying. And that happens to us in life. And then there are miraculous gifts. And those are injected to us for a moment of time by the Holy Spirit. These are given by the Holy Spirit. So let this scripture, I do want us to read because it, it shows you the uniqueness of these gifts. So let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11 together. Ready? Go. Now about the gifts of the Spirit. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. 
There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So these miraculous gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit, distributed by him to whom he chooses when he chooses, um, are supernatural, miraculous gifts. They are given to bring about God's work and plan in a supernatural way, a way that confounds, a way that um, can't maybe be that can't be explained because it's not natural; it's supernatural. And the reason that they're given is to evangelize the world, strengthen the church, bring glory to the name of the Father and the Son, to bring information, transformation and edification to believers to challenge, affirm, and direct the church to God's purposes and ways and to empower ministry and confirm God's word. Now, I am not talking, those gifts that we just read are not the office gifts. Those are not teacher, apostle, evangelist. Those aren't those gifts. These are miraculously inspired um, in, I like to use the word injected. They are injected into the life of the believer as opposed to being developed or learned. You can't learn. Um, well, let's see, how do I say this? You can learn how to flow in the gift of giving a word of wisdom, but you can't learn giving a word of wisdom. Get the difference? Um, so... As we are, um, as we're developing these gifts, um, we need to know what they are so we can, so we can release them, right? Can't release something that you don't know about. So I think a lot of times in the church, we're operating in these miraculous gifts, but we don't recognize them. And so we tend to say to ourselves, oh, the Holy Spirit doesn't flow through me because you don't recognize that what you just did or what you just released was an injection of the supernatural breath of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. So you end up saying, God's not really operating in my life, or God's not operating in this church, or the gifts of the Spirit aren't evident within the church. But they are, but people aren't naming them correctly. They're not recognizing them. You, are you tracking with me? I see, some, I see some looks. I don't know if, you're, if your wheels are turning or if you're going, you're not making any sense. Uh, wheels turning? Okay. All right. So let's go through what these gifts are. And I'm going to give you some examples. And I'm hoping that as I give you these examples, you go, 
Oh, that's what that is. All right. Because I think the Holy Spirit is at work through those who want to yield to him and who want to flow in these gifts. I think he does inject them into their, into our lives. First one, I think, I'm not sure if I lost a page of my notes. Is the first one word of wisdom? Okay, good. All right. So a word of wisdom that was in that scripture. I'm going to go through all the ones that were mentioned in that first Corinthians 12, one through 11. The first one is word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is the supernatural ability to offer pertinent counsel immediately in situations where guidance is needed. And the Holy Spirit injects that. You can't conjure it up. You can't read about it in a book and go, okay, I'm going to walk in the word of wisdom. I'm going to apply that miraculous gift to my life. You can't do that because it's injected. But it will cause you to say some things that you turn around and you go, where did that come from? Because that was really smart. Um, (laughs) Right? So a word of wisdom would be something like you're praying for someone and then you say to them as you're either praying to the, with them, you're either saying it in the tone of prayer or you say to them after the end of prayer, I don't know if this means anything to you or not, but while we were praying, I sensed you need to blank. You need to call that person and re-explain what you were really trying to say. Or you need to read X book. Or I have a really great, uh, I have a ser- I just remembered a sermon. And if you'll go online and do the death, I think this would really help you. That prompting, that prompting didn't come from your good, from your good wise self. That prompting was inject. That was wisdom. It was pertinent information, pertinent counsel, that was injected into you by a supernatural divine source called the Holy Spirit. And when the person calls you three weeks later and says, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe it! I read that book and my questions all got answered," you can celebrate and go, "Holy Spirit, thank you for working through me and giving me a word of wisdom." Um, many times it will happen when you're in prayer and you'll finish praying with somebody and you'll just say something. I sense, I feel prompted to share. We don't go around. We don't, we don't think this is operating because we don't go around and go, Oh, Linda, I believe that I have a word of wisdom from you, from the Holy spirit. You know, we don't announce that. It's like we, in fact, sometimes we don't even know how to say it. We're just like, I, I really think I'm supposed to share this with you. Um, And it's wisdom. You can see it even operating in the midst of the conversation because the person is agreeing with it and going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I need to do that. I need to do that. Okay. So slightly different is a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is the supernatural ability to receive and share revealed knowledge, which was not otherwise known. Okay, and it's supernatural. Again, you can't teach yourself or train yourself in this, but you do have to yield to the prompting. So let me give you a word of knowledge, um, an example of it. There was a time that I was praying with a young man, and he was sharing with me that he was really having difficulty getting breakthrough in his life. 
And um, as he's standing there, I was actually at a retreat kind of a setting, and I had seen him throughout the day and noticed him. And um, when he, I, I noticed that whenever, um, all day long, he had this thing around his neck. Um, and I don't remember what it was, like, you know, whether it was a jewelry or it was something with technology. I, I can't remember what it was. Um, but anyway, he had this thing around his neck. So when he prayed and he said, I just can't seem to pass through. I can't, I can't seem to get anywhere. My prayers seem like they're bouncing off my nose. Can't get any further. I, and I just stopped and I prayed in the spirit for a minute. Lord, I just, you know, help me be of help to him. And all of a sudden I looked at him. I said, what's that, what's that thing around your neck? <laughs> and how often do you wear that? He's like, it, and it. He had put it on his neck to cover up. He always wore it because he had tried to commit suicide and he wanted to cover the, um, the scar. I'm like, we're taking that off. <laughs> You're going to get liberty in that. that. That represents something to you. And so we, we prayed and, you know, all the shame and all that guilt with all of that. And we took that thing off and he got liberty. That didn't come from my good set of eyes. That didn't come from me being all, you know, smart. And it came because the Holy, I asked the Holy Spirit, help this young man. And he injected a knowledge into me. I didn't know about the suicide. I didn't know about any of that. But I knew that that thing that he had on his neck all day was a representation of a point of bondage for him. So that's a word of knowledge. It's something you could never know on your own, but you happen to say it, or it's a question that you ask, or it's just something that you impart, and it makes a huge difference because it's supernatural. Um, but again, you have to be willing. Now, I could have been 100% wrong. He could have looked at me and said, well, this is a treasured gift from my grandmother, and I just you know, don't ever want to be apart from it. You know, and it could have been nothing, but you have to take the gamble and release what the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. You're okay. Or if it didn't mean anything to you, okay, no big deal. But l- release it, right? Because you might set somebody free. Okay, next one, faith. Faith is the supernatural ability to trust God with extraordinary confidence that he will prevail and that the and the ability to model this conviction for others i have only experienced the supernatural gift of faith once in my life this is not the walk of faith that's something that we all are to grow in. We're, we're to grow in our faith. We're to feed our faith. We're to fuel our faith. We're to stir up our faith. I'm not talking about our faith journey. I'm talking about a supernatural gift that is injected into your life by the Holy Spirit. And once again, you can't say, I'm going to walk in supernatural faith. This is something that the Holy Spirit releases into your life to give you the ability to believe at a conviction level that you don't normally have. And usually it's because you're going to need it. So I would ask you not to pray for it um, because it means that you're going to go through something. So there was a time, there was a season in my life. I shared with you last week my, my kind of my experience on being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Well, several months after that experience, I was uh, visiting my mother in Florida and I was reading a book and while reading the book and nobody was in the room, I heard as clear as a bell, get your affairs in order, you're moving. 
And I turned to look to see if my mother had said it to me, and there was nobody in the room. And I fell on my knees worshiping the Lord because I knew I had just heard from God like I'd never heard from God before. And there was a supernatural deposit of faith within me that I've never experienced again in my life. I literally went home. I I shared the story with you that after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I went home. I went back to D.C. after my grandmother's funeral, found my former husband in in an affair, literally opened the door, found my husband in an affair situation um, with another woman. And my world just went while my spiritual life was going. Um, And so um, uh, this was a couple months after that. And life was very difficult and life was very tough. And there was very complicated. And I had this thing, get your affairs in order, now you're moving. Now, I had a three-year-old. I I had a house in D.C. I had a really good job, a really good job. Never had that before either. I mean, never had that one again either. But it was a really good job. And um, uh, I went home. I took the garbage out the next night after the flight. I got home, took my garbage out. Neighbor came out, and she said, um, what's up? And I said, I'm getting my affairs in order because I'm moving. She said, I'll buy your house. Um, I went into work the next day and my boss said, you know, how was your trip to Florida? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, by the way, I need to give my notice because I'm, I'm getting my affairs in order because I'm moving. Now I was working for a large commercial realtor in DC making lots of money. And he couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it um, that I was saying it. And he's like, well, how much notice? And I'm like, uh, I'll be gone by the end of the month. Um, and I, he's like, what are you going to do for a job? And I said, I don't know, but God's going to provide. And so I called a friend of mine in Atlanta. My sister was living in Atlanta at the time. She said that her rent wasn't going to, you know, she wasn't going to, her lease was coming up. Um, I called this friend of mine that I used to work in the White House with. She was now running uh, the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce. I called her, said, hey, I'm getting my affairs in order because I'm moving, but I don't know where I'm moving to. And she said, come to Atlanta. I'll give you a 30-day contract. I said, okay, fine. I was in Atlanta in 45 days. I'd sold my house, quit my job, started a one-month contract. I had so much confidence in God that it was just like, it was like bubble bath bubbling out of me. But... You know what? I've never experienced again. It was supernaturally imparted me the gift of faith because I needed it for the circumstance that I was in. I'm not going to tell you all the tough stuff and in the midst of that, but I just kept telling myself, God spoke, I'm, mo- I'm getting my affairs in order, and I would just take the next step and the next step. So sometimes we get that supernatural injected, and there was a day that it left. It lifted. And I spent the day in the bathtub crying because I knew, I knew something had shifted. And now I needed to go back to walking in faith. I wasn't walking out that impartation. I was going to have to get back on the faith treadmill and build my faith muscles again. Okay, discernment of spirits. That's the supernatural ability to determine if the source of an action is from God, man, or Satan. So when you are in the midst of confusion, when you've got some things happening with people or things happening in your family, things happening in your business, things happening in your church, and it's like this doesn't make any sense, you need to ask for the Holy Spirit 
Holy Spirit, I need the gift of discernment of spirits. Is this happening because God is allowing a storm? Is this happening because people are making dumb decisions and walking in the natural and creating confusion and complications? Or is this a strategy of hell that has been being perpetrated against me and my family? And do I need to stop, drop, and do some warfare? He gives us this discernment because it could be one or two of those things or just one of those things. Or, you know, it could be, um, it, you could be ill because you've eaten too many French fries over 40 years, or it could be a spiritual assault of hell. So we have to discern because not everything is from hell. Some things we play a role in, we make choices and there's consequences for those choices. Um, and sometimes God allows a storm to happen for a while to get our attention, to draw us deeper into a deeper relationship with him, to reveal new scriptures to us and to show his goodness at the end of it. You know, so we have another testimony. You got to have tests to have a testimony. So we need that discerning of spirits. Um, That's kind of on a regular life thing. This discernment of spirits that's the miraculous is that ability in a moment of time to see what's going on in the spiritual realm. And there are people, my husband every now and then gets this gift. The Holy Spirit injects him with the miraculous gift of discerning of spirits. And he will know the exact spirit, the name of the spirit that is tormenting somebody. And the reason that that happens is because then they're able to pray with more specificity of what they need to rebuke and what they need to bind up. They're not out there chasing a big, broad band. They're like, it's a lying spirit has entrapped them. Okay, now we can go, we can go after that and we can rebuke that and cast that out of a person's life. Doesn't happen to them a lot, but when it happens, I listen. Um, because it is, again, it's that supernatural injection of the Holy Spirit to allow us to do that. Then there's prophecy. This is the supernatural ability to proclaim God's present and future truth in such a way that a hearer is moved to respond. In other words, someone gives you a prophetic word and it doesn't have, you know what? I think a lot of people operate in this supernatural prophetic, um, uh, injection more than they realize, but, um, Because they don't say, I have a word from the Lord, Uh, thus saith the Lord. Um, You know, because they don't use all those churchy phrases, um, they just say, I think I need to, I think I have something I need to share with you. In fact, there was somebody I prayed with last week. I'm trying to remember what it was. But I remember I, I said to them, I think the Lord would want you to see blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I had my eyes closed. I was just praying for them. He would want you to see this. And when we finished the, the, I said to the woman, did that like mean anything to you? Cause let me tell you, folks, I get it wrong a lot. You know, I, I mean, like I do, I don't always nail it. Um, but I'm willing. So I'd rather be willing and get it wrong than to sh- clam up and never help anybody. So, you know, and I said, she's like, yes, that is what the Lord's been speaking to me about. So there's, there was this confirmation of, um, 
of a direction that she needed to go in. And you see, it was, the, it was injected by the Holy Spirit because I don't even remember who she was or exactly what it was about. I just know I was standing right there. Um, and I remember that, that, that she was receiving it. You know, yes, this is right. This, the Lord's been talking to me about this. Um, then there's the gift of healings. This is, now obviously, we constantly walk praying and believing that God will heal, right? That James tells us, if anybody's sick amongst you, lay hands on the sick, anoint them with oil, that they will be healed. So we do that. I'm headed from here to the hospital, and I got my anointing oil in my purse, and there's somebody I'm going to go anoint with oil, and I'm going to pray for them to be healed. They just got a horrible diagnosis, and I'm going to pray for them to be healed. So we do that on a daily basis. That's just part of our walk, right? But there are these moments when the Holy Spirit will supernaturally inject into us the gift of healing. And um, we will be used as a conduit for the restoration of health to an individual by a direct act of God. And that restoration may be physical, emotional, or spiritual. Um, my first, the first time I ever experienced this gift, um, and I haven't, I, I haven't experienced it a lot, um, because remember, I've prayed for hundreds of people to be healed, but I've experienced the gift of healing maybe five times in my whole life. So the first time I experienced it, it was in a Sunday school classroom. I was new. I was a fairly, fairly new in the, in the life of the Holy Spirit. Um, there were about 16 people gathered in this circle at the end of the class. And this guy had broken his finger, his thumb on the way to church, but he wanted to be in the, in the Sunday school class. It was an amazing Sunday school class. Um, and, um, he wanted to be there so badly. He's like, I'll go to the hospital afterwards. And it was all like jutted and gross looking, you know? And so, um, I was just kind of in the circle looking at and going, man, I wonder who's going to pray for him. And the Sunday school teacher goes, Michelle, why don't you pray for him? Lay hands on him and pray for him. And I mean, I was just like, God help me. I, I don't even know how to word this prayer. I, 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 uh, 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 uh. And, and I put my hand on his, I'm thinking, okay, this is what Jesus did. This is what I'm going to do. So I put my hand on, we anointed him with oil. I put my hand and my hand got so hot and his hand got so hot And when I took my hand off of his hand, his finger was perfectly natural. Yeah, and I continue to pray, Lord, let let me experience that one more time in my life. You know, I mean, every mission trip I've gone on, every, I want to see more of that. But you know what? He distributes those gifts. What did that scripture say? As he determines. It's all about him wanting to do it. And I think it's so we don't get all like, (laughs) look at me you got a thumb I'll pray for your thumb you know I mean um okay then working of miracles this is the supernatural ability to transform the course of natural law in such a way that the only explanation can be divine intervention now most of us think Gideon's the only one who ever experienced that (laughs) You know, or maybe Lazarus is the only one that ever experienced that, where it was, he, you know, it transformed the course of natural law, but it is available to us today. And the one example that I have of it is when I was on a mission trip. Stacey, I don't know if you, no, you weren't, I don't think you were with me on this mission trip. We were in, uh, 
we were in Nicaragua. We were doing a VBS in Nicaragua. We had 600 kids, all speaking Spanish, um, all at once, <laughs> it seemed like. But anyway, we had a dance group with us. Kingdom's Feet was with, was with us, and, and we had these pods for the VBS. We were like in this little center, and the, you know, the kids would be in a sports area, and then they'd be in a craft area. And then we had this one little building, and I mean little building, where the kids would come and learn how to do worship dance. You were, you were with me, weren't you, Christina? Um, and so um, they, would be, they were leading the kids in how to do worship dance. Well, the kids, the little tiny ones, like the kindergartner age ones, um, which if you're three to seven, you're in kindergarten. So, it, it, you know, the, the little teeny ones were coming up this hill and I was standing getting ready for at the door to greet them to go into the worship dance thing. And we noticed that the door going into the building was completely covered with bees. I mean, thousands of bees. These are little kids bees. All right. And the whole, like, like eight feet of the, the, there was the door and then continuing on the cement, just covered with bees. So, um, Vicki and a couple of the, da- were you, were you on that trip? Okay. So, um, a couple of the dancers, we just started praying and the kids are coming up. They're coming up the mountain and they're all in their little choo-choo. You know, they don't know what is awaiting them. I'm freaking out. We are going to have like hundreds of bee stings and kids screaming and it's going to be nuts. And so we stopped and we just said, Lord, you have got to do something that that defies nature. You have got to get rid of these bees before these little kids come up here because we could have mayhem and chaos and out of your love, would you please do this for us? I, I, this is the truth. <laughs> those kids were about right there on those steps. We were about right here at the door. They're marching. Somebody's holding them back. We finished praying. We look and those bees were the, were, they had outlined the door and there was not one bee in the door frame. And those kids walked into that room, went into that room. And when they got into that room and we walked back outside, all the bees were gone. Now, I'm telling you, that is a miraculous moment that you can't study for. You can't make that happen. But you do, you can engage your faith to believe that the Lord can do something like that, right? Um, and sometimes he does. Sometimes the Holy Spirit moves in that way. And sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't. Christina, were you with? You were there. So I've got a witness. I've got a witness. Christina was there with me. Um, uh, is that not, did I not paint the picture precisely correct? Thank you very much. Okay. I just want you all to, because it, it it's like, yeah, right. But it, that's exactly what happened. Okay. And then there's the miraculous gift of tongues. And remember, we talked about this the second week. This is the corporate gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. This is where the Holy Spirit inspires speaking in an unknown language for the purpose of building us up as a worshiping body, as a group of people. And we have, we've talked about that, so I'm not going to go into that more. So, how, what should our attitude be towards miraculous gifts? First of all, we have to be open and willing to allow the Holy Spirit to minister through us. If you run from one of these gifts and you, you have the choice, in other words, you, you have the choice to run or to step in. 
You have the choice. Um, And I would encourage you, make the choice to yield and be wrong. And just say to the person, I don't... I don't know if I, or even go to pray for somebody. I feel like the Lord's prompting me to do that, to do, do it. If you're wrong, what does it matter? You've learned from the experience. You've been obedient. Um, the Lord's going to bless you for your obedience. If you get a little bit of egg on your face, okay, whatever. Um, you know, I, I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm not doing it to build a reputation, right? So we have to, we have to be open and willing and not run from these gifts. And we have to eagerly desire to be utilized by the Holy Spirit with no need to manipulate or create a move of God. I cannot stand manipulation. Like I'm not going to, you know, it's horrible. And you know, when it's happening, you know, it's like, I'm not going to stop talking until everybody's crying. And you know, it's like, we, we sense that we know that, but first Corinthians 12 31 tells us now eagerly desire the greater gifts. We're to desire these. So ask, say, Lord, I'm willing, I'm open. I, I would love, I would love to be a conduit of your magnificence. Um, I'm, I'm willing move on me when the time is right. And the, and the place is right. Um, And then be sensitive, be God-sensitive and God-honoring in facilitating the Holy Spirit's gift. And the, the way that I know to be the most honoring of the Holy Spirit's gift is to stay humble and just say, you know... That was not me. Somebody, oh, I can't believe you said that to me. That was such a right on word. Well, praise the Lord that he loved you so much to speak to you. You know, somebody, oh, I can't believe it when you prayed for me. You said blah, 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 blah. Praise God that he loved you so much that he ministered to you. I'm so grateful. Last week, the first thing that I did and I've tried to make this a habit in my life. But the first thing I did, we had a marvelous meeting in here last week. There, we prayed for an hour and 40 minutes for women last week. And God really moved in some of your lives in a magnificent, evidential way. And it was wonderful. But when I got in my car and I put my, my, the key in the ignition to get a little air going, first thing I did was I said, Lord, none of this today would have happened without you. This was all about you. It was all about you. And I'm grateful to you. And who am I that you would use me to do something like that? Who am I? Who am I? know who I am. I know who I was before the Lord captured my heart. I know who I was when I met him and that he would, he would clean me up and that he would purify me and love me so much that he would allow his spirit to breathe through me, continues to awe me. It continues to awe me. So the best way we can honor God in utilizing when those miraculous gifts, when he invites us to exercise them and be a mouthpiece and a point of, of a distribution, a conduit for his spirit, is to remember you're nothing but a cracked pot that he's chosen to operate through for a specific time, for a specific person, for a specific reason, and just keep thanking him that you're worthy of it, you know, that he's deemed you worthy of it. Um, And stay hungry. Just stay really hungry because I'm telling you, if you're hungry, you'll pull into the filling station every morning and you'll ask him, pump me up, Lord. 
take this balloon and pump me up, grow me and use me for your service because I want to go out into the world and make a difference. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, would you just, would you stand with me? I want to speak a blessing over you. And um, if you're willing to send some bracelets to the mission field, we'd really appreciate it. I hope to see you at the comedy night. Oh, and I wanted to mention to you, I'll leave this up here and you can take a picture of it. This is an awesome little book called Miracle Invasion. It's about 40 stories, 30 stories of the miraculous gifts operating in everyday people's lives. And they're just fun stories and your faith gets really stirred up. And it's a great, you know, great, um, you could read one a day or take it to the beach or, or whatever. But I'll, I'll leave this up here and you can take a picture of it. Um, you can get it on Amazon. So Lord, I just speak a blessing over these. In fact, raise your hands, open your hands like a gift or raise your hands to the Lord. And if you're willing, just say this prayer with me. Lord God, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I still have a lot to learn, but I'm hungry to be a conduit of his grace. This morning I say, I'm available to release this amazing, irresistible resurrection power that is within me. Teach me how to release it. Teach me how to yield to it. I want to be a difference maker. And I want to show people you're real. I receive whatever gifts you want to bestow upon me. And my promise is that I will stay humble and grateful. That every good and perfect gift comes from you. And I seal this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. It has been great to be with you. An awesome summer. And you are free. Um, oh, by the way, by the way, if any of you were not here last week, and you want to receive prayer for the baptism with the Holy Spirit or a refill, um, you've been baptized before, or you want to get a prayer for your prayer language, there's going to be a prayer team right over here, and they're going to be willing to pray with you because I know some people weren't able to be here last week, and we don't want you to miss out on that. Okay? Awesome. I'll see you out at the table.